Welcome to Unpeeled, where we peel back the layers to get to the core of the story. This is Shannon Peel, and I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. Hello, it's Shannon, and thank you very much for tuning in to Unpeeled. So this series of the Unpeeled podcast is called That Life. It is based on my novel, and what I'm doing is I am reading chapters out of the novel, and then talking about how those chapters, what they bring up for me in my story, asking questions to help uh, you to see what they bring up about in your story, and encourage you to really look at your story and heal through through story, through writing it and through exploring it. Now, if you are a Unpeeled member, you can go to uh, marketappeal.agency and download the journal questions that go with this uh, chapter and start writing your story and healing from it. So I'm okay, jumping right in right now. This chapter is written by Charlie. Just sign the offer. I'm waiting with my client in the border. We are waiting for her ex-husband to sign the divorce papers and the settlement offer. He's drawn this out way too long and cost my client too much money. It should be simple, easy, 50-50 split. There's no such thing as an easy divorce. People think the law is black and white, but it's not. It's full of loopholes, precedents, arguments, and procedures. You know, I like practicing law. I mean, I do enjoy putting a case together and arguing to get the best deal for my client. It's kind of like a game of chess. You figure out what your client really wants and what they're willing to compromise, and then you build a game plan. In my, in my opinion, it's better when my client makes the first move. That way, we can ask for everything they are legally entitled to have and more. And that gives us more control over the chessboard at the start. Then, it's just a matter of give and take. She'll give you the car in exchange for the home's contents. He'll give you the savings account balance and you waive the rights to his pension plan. This case, not so easy. You see, the guy decided to represent himself. He's cocky. And he believes he knows a lot better than I do because he read some textbooks and got some free advice. He's using every trick that he can come up with to draw this out. And my client is left holding the bill. Thing is, I still have an ace up my sleeve. And if we have to go to court, I'm using it. And, well, that's if my client doesn't check it out. Charlie, maybe, maybe we should just give him what he wants. I don't want to do this anymore. I just... I just want it to be over. My client is pacing back and forth. I mean, I don't really use the vacation house. He can have it. I just can't take the stress anymore. Stop, I say. She stops pacing and looks at me. Look, I know you'll give away the farm just to have this over. You have to let me go at him with everything. We've been nice. We've been as nice as we can. And if he's going to cost you more money, you have no choice. I don't know. I just, oh, I just can't do this anymore. The stress is too much. I understand. I've been there. Right now, you're only fighting for what's fair. In fact, less than fair. You've already given him more than he's legally entitled to. 
and the mediator is going over with him right now. Let's just wait to see what happens first. You know, courts don't like it when someone wastes their time or plays games to punish the other party by using the system. And that's what this guy is doing. He thinks he's playing the world over everyone's eyes. But he's not. I hate men like him. The door opens. And the judge, the mediator comes in. I'm sorry. Um, he won't listen to reason. I've tried explaining the laws to him and what will happen if he goes to court. He's determined to play lawyer. He wants his day in court. No, 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 no. We should just give him what he wants. My client is beginning to freak out. Sherry, Sherry, I say, listen, I know this is hard. She spins at me. It's expensive. That's what it is. And now you want me to pay for experts? I know. I know. I say, I'm, I'm, I understand. He wants it to be expensive for you. He's punishing you. I know. I know he is. I just, oh, I'm so tired. I look, I look at her. You know, we, we've talked about the next step, Sherry. Are you prepared to go ahead with it? She looks me right in the eye. And then looks down at her feet. I can see the stress just reverberating off of her. She looks up. Do I have any other choice? I ask her, do you want your kids living with you full time? Well, he said he gave me the kids 75% of the time if I give them the vacation house, 60% of the home equity, and didn't go after his business. I, I'd have the kids. That's, that's all that matters to me. The money doesn't. Money doesn't be important. It's a typical mom response. The mother will take a, finan a hit financially just to have the kids with her. <laughs> it's not fair. Kids deserve better. And what the mother doesn't realize is once the kids are teenagers, they'll go with live with whichever parent gives them the better lifestyle with the few, fewest hassles. You know, it's better in the long run to fight for what she's entitled to. I look at her. I look at her again. And take a breath in. Sherry, do you want to be able to afford the lifestyle the kids grew up with? Yes. Then, not really. This is for the best. I know court is scary. And that you are scared about what the judge will say. I can't say for certain which way it will go, but if we do this, I believe you will come better off. Okay? Are you sure it's going to cost this much? I'm afraid so. But if I'm right, then you'll have the money to cover it. <clears throat> she nods. And I open my briefcase, take up papers to give to the mediator. Okay, so... I have a petition for a full psychological assessment of both parents, the children, and everyone that lives in the homes. The names are here. I'm going to need that for the court. The mediator takes a look. He reads the paperwork. Well, it looks like it's all in order. He signs one copy and hands it to me. Signs a second copy to present to the other party. He cocks his head at me, curiosity in his eyes. I smile at him and hand him another set of papers. 
This is a letter stating my client rescinds all offers up to this point and requests copies of all financial documents. Again. Again. Why, why do you want those again? Because my office's forensic accountant believes there may have some money hidden. And now he'll go looking for it. But don't tell him that we're going to be looking for it. <laughs> they always think they can get away with it, he says. I know. He's not going to be happy when he gets these. If you want, I'll get security up here before you present him with papers. He does have a temper. I turn to my client. She's as white as a sheet. I'm scared she might faint. I grab her arm and guide her to the closest chair. What's wrong, Sherry? What's wrong? I'm going to be sick. And with that, she pukes all over my new suit. Divorce is expensive. My divorce cost 10 times more than it should have. It was an easy divorce. We owned a house. You sell the house, you split the money. And we had kids. Whoever has the kids gets the child support. Simple, black and white. Look, it's in the legal documents. It is a part of our law here in BC. It should, and mediators. Should have been able to just do it with a mediator. Somebody to help us to dot those I's and cross those T's and make sure everything was fair. Would have cost us a thousand, two thousand dollars max. Simple. Every time I talked to a mediator, I would talk to them. They would pick up the phone, pick up, call my ex-husband. Next thing I knew, I had a phone call from the mediator telling me to get myself a lawyer because my ex would not negotiate fairly. He wanted more than what he was entitled to. He wanted to be difficult. Therefore, I needed, you guessed it, a lawyer. But when you live in poverty, how are you supposed to get the retainer in order to get the lawyer? Well, after three years of separation, my mom was getting really sick and tired of the fact that the money, well, the house was finally sold. The money was sitting in escrow because I had put a lien on the house because I'm, you know, when he forced me out of the house, I was smart enough to go down to the land registry and put a lien on it so that he couldn't sell it out from under me. And, you know, these all these things that I had to do. <laughs> but, you know, my mom was like, why haven't you guys split the money? It's been sitting there and sitting there, not doing anything. So my mom being my mom said, hey, I'll be your mediator. I'll negotiate with Brad since you can't seem to do it. So she talked to some lawyers my mother was a realtor for 20 years, very good realtor, and very understood negotiation, understood contracts. But she wanted to make sure she's dotting her I's, crossing her T's, and following the rule of the law in BC when it came to family law and divorce. She shouldn't have prepped so much. She shouldn't have done all that homework because she talked to him for less than 15 minutes. She came back so angry. I've never seen a woman this livid. She was vibrating. She was so mad. She even called him an asshole. That was something she'd never let me call him. She wouldn't let the kids call him. And I don't think she's called him that since. But she was that mad. She just couldn't believe that he thought that I wasn't entitled to any of the money. That 
it was his house and not my house. And uh, we'd been married. We'd been together 20 years. We'd married 16 of them. The first house that we bought was bought in my name with my money that I had saved up. So the next day we sat down with a lawyer and this lawyer was different than any other lawyer I had talked to because there was no covering your ass language. There was no, well, it could go this way or it could go that way. You may get this, you may get that. I don't know what the courts are going to do. This was, this is what you're entitled to. Dun, dun, dun. This is the math. This is what you should have. And this is how we're going to get it. He had, he gave me a strategy in that first 30 minutes. I felt like he knew what he was doing and he was going to take care of me and he was going to be in my corner. The first thing that he was going to do was send a no contact order to my ex so that I wouldn't get phone calls from him. I wouldn't get texts. I wouldn't, there'd be no more manipulation, no more abusive language. It, I was going to be protected. I was going to be safe. So anyway, we're talking and my mom looks at me and she goes, what do you think? And I said, well, once I get some money, I don't know when I'm going to have to get the money, but once I get some money, I will be hiring this man because yeah, I think he's pretty good. Well, next thing I know, my mom's taking out the credit card. She's putting it down. She said, you know what? The money's sitting there. It's in that account. You can pay me back when he gets you your money, which is exactly what we did. It was a simple divorce. There's no real separation agreement because there was no sharing of the kids. <laughs> my ex didn't show up for three years. You know, he wasn't paying child, full child support that whole time. His lawyer basically told him, you're screwed, dude. You know, you've got to pay full child support. It's coming out of the money in the house. It's sitting in that account. So it's just going to happen. My ex needed a lawyer to tell him what would what, 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 what. And I needed a lawyer to protect me. The thing is, you've now heard my story. But if you went and talked to my ex, he would have a totally different story. That's the thing about the stories that we tell and the stories that we tell ourselves. But what's important is what divorce has done to your life. And when you're telling your story or when you are writing out your story so that you can understand what happened, and you, or at least you can understand what story your mind has been telling you about what you went through, whether you went through it as a child with your parents getting divorced or as an adult and getting divorced yourself, whether there was animosity or whether it was very uh, amicable, you know, whatever the story is that you're telling yourself, write it down. And as you write it down, question what you're writing and try and see how did that affect you? How does that part of your story keep you from getting what you want today? I know that my divorce story keeps me single. It keeps me from trusting uh, any man. Not just my divorce story, but my whole relationship story. And the fact that I've been single for so long, it's, do I wish that I had someone I could talk to? Yeah. Do I, I wish that I could pick up the phone and know that when I'm having a bad day, I can share it with somebody and maybe get some advice and at least have an ear to someone to listen. Yeah. And I can get that. It's called a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a counselor or a coach. There isn't just one answer in life anymore. There's lots of choices that we can make to get what we need. 
in order to create the story that we want to create for ourselves. And the stories that we tell ourselves are not always true. What we remember, somebody else may remember quite differently. Don't be too hard on yourself. Write the story down and then rewrite it until you feel good about it. You feel good about yourself and you find that you have the strength and courage and confidence to move on to the next part of your story. And you can put that story behind you. You know, my divorce was four years ago. I didn't even want to talk about it, really. It's not something I talk about very often anymore. Uh, Yet it used to be something I talked about every day. Figure out what the truth, what your truth really is. And not the truth of your emotions, not the truth of your mind, not the truth of your friends, your parents, your kids, your ex. But what is the truth for you? Uh, if you are a unpeeled member, go to marketappeal.agency and log in and there you can find the downloads with the writing prompts for you to help write your to help you write your story around divorce and your thoughts about it. Like maybe you've never been divorced. Maybe you've never maybe like me and your parents have been together for fifty some odd years and uh, divorce has never really touched you. And you're wondering, well, well, what does divorce have to do with my story? Well, you have an opinion about divorce, don't you? You can see what's going on in the world around you. You see what's going on with your friends, with your kids' friends, um, with your aunts and uncles, and society overall, and where we've come and how far women have come. I mean, 100 years ago, if a woman got divorced, well, they were hooped, you know? They were ostracized. They didn't get their kids. They, you know, you know, they got the husbands who would just put them in an insane asylum to get rid of them. You know, there's all these things that were happening I mean, 100 years ago because women didn't have any power. Now we have power and we can get divorced and we can retain our children and uh, the equity that we have. What does that mean to you? Uh, in today's world, we still have countries where women, you know, if they get divorced, they don't get access to their kids. They don't get anything. They don't get any money. They, you know, they could end up on the street. They could end up being killed by their family members. Um, you know, there's some horrible stories out there. What are your thoughts about them? How can, how do those stories affect you and your story and your belief system, your value system and how important your marriage is to you or how important your um, parents are to you? Anyway, thank you very much for listening to me today and enjoy writing your story. This is Shannon Peel. Thank you so much for joining us today on Unpeeled. We want to hear from you, so log into that social media account. Use the hashtag Unpeeled and let us know your thoughts about today's podcast.